Hey everyone, music lovers, book lovers, people of all walks, welcome to Textual Healing. I'm your host, Mallory Smart. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Noah Cicero. Noah just released a new book from Trident Press. It's called Las Vegas Bootlegger, Empire of Self-Importance, and it's pretty great. I got a chance to read it a while back. It's just been released. You guys got to check it out. It's also supremely fitting since Noah lives in, in Las Vegas. I've been a fan of Noah's writing for a pretty long time now. He's been in the lit world since at least 2013, releasing poetry, short story collections, and novels. He is legit a triple threat. Thankfully, he's a pretty humble guy despite being one of the most popular writers in what was once called the alt-lit scene. We could go into what that was, but I'll save that for another show. I believe we now just call ourselves indie writers or some shit like that. Anyhow, Noah being on the show is pretty special for all sorts of reasons, but the best one is that his writing was actually the inspiration for the show. Back in 2015, he released a poetry collection from Lazy Fascist Press called Bipolar Cowboy, and it is just littered with fantastic musical references and pieces that even recommend you listen to certain songs while reading it. Some of those songs are Home or Skinny Love, hipstery music, but that was the time, so check it out. That being said, I'm psyched for this interview. We primarily talk about Noah's new book, but we also get into some weird subjects like SNL, Stevie Nicks, and banjos. My co-host Andy Tran takes the reins for the, for the majority of this episode since I had a sinus infection at the time. You'll definitely hear it in my voice. Enjoy the show. Here we go. <laughs> Hey, this is Mallory, and I'm here with today's guest, Noah Cicero. Just to kick things off, a previous guest of ours, Nate Perkins, is the one who hyped you up and said that you totally had to be on the show. Obviously, we're a podcast that's devoted to music and literature, and as an avid reader, I can see where those things are intertwined in your writing. I was hoping that you can give our listeners a bit more background on that. Like, when you're writing, are you inspired by certain songs, or do you have playlists going on in the background, writing to music, such as that? I've written most of my books to music. Um, I've written them. I, I wrote the Grand Canyon book and the Bipolar book and a couple other books while sitting at a Starbucks, like, with headphones on the entire time. Like, um, the Grand Canyon book, I wrote pretty much to Willie Nelson, so um, I try to listen to different music with with every book. So to switch up, the, but it'll just be like three songs over and over and over and get on repeat. Yeah. Can I ask you, do you do the same songs over and over on repeat? Because if it was a newer song, you might get distracted because you don't know the words as much. But because it's but it but because it's these are songs um, you already know. You could kind of get into a rhythm. I would say just... that if I've heard the song a lot, then it just becomes like a like a like a thing in the background, and I don't have to. I won't focus on it or anything. So if I 
have already heard the song a hundred times, then it's not going to corrupt me, like get me to stop paying attention. It, it becomes one. It becomes one with me. The melody gets inside of me, and the melody gets inside the words. Do you ever do it where, like, right before the song's about to end, you repeat it yourself, or do you do it just automatic? Repeat the song? Wait. Yeah, like, when you put on repeat. I'll have to go on YouTube and just do it over and over again. Oh, okay. I do it on Spotify, but, like, when I anticipate the song's about to end, I'm just like, oh, shit, just do it myself, even though you could <laughs> automatically put it on repeat. <laughs> I, re- I almost get a sense of anxiety where I'm just like, holy shit, change it really quickly. I really like when songs are on loops, like people do an hour loop of one song. I really like that on YouTube. So the song doesn't even end. It just like, you know, it goes right into the next song. It goes into the song in itself over and over again. I think I saw someone did that um, with Dreams, a 10 hour one on YouTube. I think it happened like after the whole TikTok thing happened. Yeah. Oh, Fleetwood Mac dreams. Like, <laughs> I yeah. That, yeah. 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 Have yeah. you guys seen the TikTok TikTok uh, thing? Or no? Yes. Okay. It's the man. I thought it was fun. He's on a skateboard, and he suddenly starts lip syncing to yeah, the song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's drinking cranberry juice. Yeah. I think he got like a lifetime supply of ocean spray. Ocean spray. (laughs) Oh, man. He's going to drink that until he dies. He's going to drown in ocean spray. You know, I just wonder if like Stevie Nicks was like hanging around during pandemic and someone was like, yo, you're popular again. The teenagers discovered you. <laughs> right. Well, she got popular like five years ago. Remember, right. she was in the witch show. That's real though. American Horror. Coven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. She's really yes. good at getting popular Speak like every four it. to five years again. Mm. Yeah. She just actually did a cameo again on American Horror Story for Apocalypse too. Oh, I know. I stopped watching. Anytime it. the witches are there. Huh. No shit. It's Apocalypse is the last good season, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's like three good seasons. Any good seasons. Uh, but yeah, Noah. So Mallory's t- telling me over DM that you either play the banjo or the guitar. Uh, so I'm curious about what you like to play as an instrument. Uh, I-, I prefer myself neither, but I like the piano. I can't play the guitar because like my fingers are really just, it takes, it takes like a lot of, you know, if you've ever played the guitar for our listeners out there, mm-hmm. yeah, like stretch out your fingers, you know, over the fretboard, it's tough. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious about what instruments you play. Um, do you prefer one over the other, banjo guitar or something else? Oh, I played the guitar mm-hmm. since I was, uh, 13 <laughs> years old. Um, the, I had a, there's Hell a picture yeah. of me with a banjo because awesome. somehow I got a hold of a banjo for like three months in my house and I learned huh. the chords. I learned the basic chords of it okay. and I played some songs. It's not hard. I mean, it's not hard to play basic chords on a banjo. Awesome. Um, 
But uh, I've been playing guitar mm-hmm. since I was 13. But I never, I don't yeah. have a really good sense of like melody. Oh, wow. Like I can't do that thing that like people with really good pitch can do. So I've only just like mm-hmm. played it. I know when the guitar is out of tune. I know when mm-hmm. something's not right. But I can't just like listen to a song. And I can't do the thing yeah. where like you play a guitar solo yeah. and you can come back to the spot where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes if you play guitar, that probably makes sense. If you play play guitar, you probably don't mm-hmm. know what is he talking about. But um mm-hmm. uh it's kind of like I can't do that, but I can do the thing where you play chords. <laughs> I've learned a million things about it, but I really wanted to learn about it because I really like music, so I wanted to know how music is structured. So Mm. that makes Mm. sense would you say that music is like similarly structured to poetry no I don't don't think they have anything in common really no you have to be like really talented to play music but you just have to be kind of funny to write a poem I think I heard somebody said that like poetry is almost like stand up humor for sad people yeah yeah, whoever said that, I'm going, I'm throwing my thing in, down there for them. I'm, yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like, oh, I see a really beautiful tree. Just say you're writing a bad poem about like leaves or something being colored. And you're like, you're doing kind of like stand up and rhythm and having fun with it. A lot what of an, self-deprecation and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like the moat. They were as dead as my soul. Yeah. Boom. <clears throat> Yeah, but music is But music has this. Have you ever seen the music like the octagon of the notes and how you build tension and mm-hmm. yeah. you don't do that in poetry. That doesn't happen really. I don't think. <laughs> I think I will, you've done I will, it. Say in, uh, oh. Which poem is it in Bipolar Cowboy that you actually did pretty good at building the tension? I think it's uh Oh, fuck. I have it written down somewhere. <laughs> Stupid ex-boyfriend writes bad poem. Yeah. You did a really good job of doing it oh, there. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Mm. I guess you do try to build tension like that, but it's still... Stand-up comedy, that thing makes sense to me. Yeah. Have you ever tried mm. it? Yeah. No, it seems terrifying. It seems, it seems really terrifying to be up there, and you just have to entertain people mm. with your mouth, and... They have to like look at you the whole time, and that's really tough because, like, well, I mean, like, oh, there's like people looking at me and listening to my voice, and oh, I don't Mm -hmm. know if I like that. I don't even like. Do you do any? uh, Yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, do you do any like lecturing, like Talinda's or uh, stand? Not stand up. uh, What is it when you read poems out loud to people at bookstores? Poetry readings. There poetry you go. Readings. I've I've uh, I stopped doing them basically because you get molested and people say weird things to you. Yeah, they do do that. Yeah, so it's like either someone. It's like you get off. You you worked all day. You worked all. You like stressed out all fucking week, and then you did all this stuff to do. And you you got in a plane or you flew to a different country, and you go and do this reading. And then you get off and like everyone's walking around mm. and like most people are like being nice to you. And then someone just says something so weird to you. And then someone else, like there's always like some woman or gay man who like wants to touch me. 
And um, I'm like, I, I, it's so bad. Like it's almost my last five readings have ended up like being a disaster for me personally. Cause I'm like, it's just like, oh, I can't do it. Like one time I went, my last reading, I went to AWP, I flew to Portland and then like some man wouldn't stop following me all night until I had to go back to my hotel room and like hide. He was stalking me. Yeah. 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 And, I'm um, sorry that happened. That's <laughs> very uncomfortable. No. I was going to say, as the single girl in this podcast, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that happens. Go on. Yeah. So, no, girls have done it too. Girls have done it. Really? Yeah, oh, girls yeah. are the worst. Wow. I've been pretty much like, <laughs> I've been basically like raped kind of things like twice. And yeah, it's gone. It's gone one thing after another with the, with the women. Are Those really are bad. some fucked up girls. Wow. Yeah, it's just like girls who read poetry. It's like statistically, they're just wow. such crazy yeah. people. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. There is definitely like a... You know, I'm not even going to comment on that one. Mallory's making no enemies today. (laughs) I'm just being funny. I just don't think this happens with, like, the postal ladies. You know, I just don't. (laughs) The women at the DMV, I don't just don't feel like it happens the same way. (laughs) I love them. Yeah, so I I usually don't like it. Or one of the other readers will walk up to me after... This yeah. did not happen. The beginning of my career was so much fun. Like when I was in my 20s, everyone would yeah. get drunk and we would do drugs and sniff Adderall or something and yeah. have lots of fun. For sure. Whoa, wait. I'm sorry. My innocent brain. <laughs> sniff Adderall? You sniff Adderall? We sniffed and licked Adderall. And I had Whoa, so much. Whoa, I thought you just like swallowed it. No, why would you swallow Adderall? That would just make you more. I thought it was like a pill. You t- I, no? Okay. And, uh, oh, you guys have corrupted is, me. Is. Go on. You so you're just having lots of fun, but Anyways. nobody took me that seriously because I didn't have like a bunch of books published. But now that I do, so okay, so the weird thing will happen like that mm. with the person wanting to touch me. Mm. And then the other thing that might happen is like the first reader or second reader, and I'm like last. They walk up to me and they say, "Did you like my poem?" And sure. like stare at me in the eyes. And like, oh my god! They give me, I've gotten like three so stare downs white? from the first Did you reader. Get a stare down! <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, I tweeted about this another day. And whenever someone gives you a stare down, they have to Venmo you or cash up you like ten yeah. bucks. Seriously, like <laughs> it's so weird. Like, don't get in my space and make me uncomfortable. Oh my- you know, or ask me how you did or how you're doing. You know what I mean? When I was like on my phone or like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like I'm preparing for my own reading. That's why I just lie and always say you did great to everybody. Oh, no. oh I said that one. I, I said that one time to a woman and she goes, <laughs> but tell me why. Oh, you did. Oof. <laughs> you know, just say something like yeah. your voice sounded very powerful or something. <laughs> Some bullshit <laughs> response. That's what my nonfiction uh, professor would do for my essays in undergrad. He'd be like, "Powerful." Exactly. <laughs> like, like, it had like such amazing tone. A, oh my like god! Like six times in a row, and I was like, "Whoa, damn, I'm powerful." And that's all you have to say. Uh, and, uh, and that just gave me the biggest ego for like the rest of the undergrad, <laughs> at least. <laughs> and at that point, it's somebody else's problem, not yours. Yeah. Well, 
Um, yeah, but no, I was going to say that the thing you were talking about, the, hey, how'd I do? And I'm like, tell me why. Like, that happens in the stand-up. Oh, yeah, I bet. All the time. It, like, they're, yeah. Isn't it like a stand-up comedy is an insecurity circus, isn't it, all the time? Oh, easily, easily. Probably. All the comedians easily. I know are pretty insecure. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, Noah, do you feel like it's easier? Because I was reading... Uh, one of your books that Mallory sent me. And I remember with the characters, uh, I think it was Ryan and Maggie. I think we talked about this in the email too, but like, there's like humor there that's subtle, but it like comes out. If that makes sense, especially in the beginning chapters. Yeah. I think throughout. That, that yeah, book's a, it's was, a comedy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a rom-com. It's a comedy. I love it. Yeah. I laughed. Yeah. I really time. dug it. I laughed the whole time I wrote it. So that, that, that's, that's a good yes. sign. That's how it should be, I think. Yeah. So, like, Kafka and Samuel Beckett, they were really funny. Mm. Can you tell yeah. us the name of that book? Definitely. definitely. Which was book? it Las Vegas Bootlegger? It's Las, that was it's it. Las yeah. Vegas Bootlegger is the new book. Mm. And it's yeah. from Trident Press. Trident Press, yeah. yeah. How did you get that going with Trident? Do you know Nate personally? or? Uh, you know Nate very well, I think. You yeah, are, you guys are buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2000, maybe 15, 15, mm-hmm. Bipolar Cowboy came out and he really liked it. Mm-hmm. So he set up a reading in Salt Lake City. And then I I drove to Salt Lake City and I stayed at Nate's house and I did a reading and it was really nice. Um, Nate was really friendly and he was and then I saw Nate again in Boulder. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Nate came to Las Vegas once with his buddies and we hung out for the day and, and he, I went to Boulder and did a reading in Boulder too. And, mm-hmm. um, and Boulder was really nice. And Nate is, Nate has always been very friendly to me. I don't think I've seen him be like harsh with anybody. He's probably one of the nicest guys. He and I met at a reading. It was like a garage reading in Boulder so what was the reading like when you went to his? When I went to Boulder? Yeah. Oh, it was inside the Trident bookstore. And oh, okay. That's a cool place. I, um, it was pretty cold outside. Mm-hmm. and uh, there was, That's like, Boulder for you. And then I did the reading and I just like talked a lot and I had a lot of fun. And then we got super wasted after, and I drank a lot. And then um, I went back to the hotel, and I vomited really quickly, and then went to bed. Yeah. Did he take you to a metal bar? That's what we call it. It's just like a bar that plays exclusively, like, hair rock, heavy metal. Or did you guys just get trashed at a non-specific place? Mm, I don't have any memory of that. I was going to say, that's how you know it was a good time. <laughs> I don't. Did you go to a metal bar with him? Yeah, I've gone every time I go to Colorado. Yeah. I still don't know the actual name of the bar. That's just what we call it. Man, I, I, I don't remember. I remember. I don't remember a lot. I just remember drinking a lot and having lots of fun. So. That's the best way to be. <laughs> Noah. Next question. So, um, 
sometimes I write fiction to the beat of an instrumental. Sometimes I write to like a hip hop beat or a They're jazz kind of like beat. Instrumental. Um, it's been working so far. There's no, there's words. no words. Usually just sounds. I've noticed you're a huge fan of classical music based on the, the YouTube oh, videos. I've um, seen. yeah, you it's very, an email. It's, Would you say you're drawn um, to this type of music? Because yeah, I do like, kind um, of like instrumentals? music with no or words. You know, I don't to write to in that. Well, I, I, it started, um, I started working. I, I, I guess I don't, I guess I don't know that. I don't know ago. the definition. Three, four years ago. What now. do you do there? Um, yeah, I'm a litigation, a uh, like yeah. paralegal for personal mm-hmm. injury. Um, so that's cool. I get to work mm-hmm. at eight and I don't stop working until lunchtime. And then I go back at one and I work for another four hours straight. Okay. So I had this like dilemma, like, what the hell do I, I can't keep going back to oh, YouTube cool. and hitting play. Ah. I can't keep listening to, you can, YouTube has commercials. And, mm. and I was like the, uh, I yeah. was like, I was like, rock music yeah. does not work for four hours in a row. Like I can't keep switching sounds like this. So I mm. met, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. I met this girl. Same. Um, and she was really into classical and she was like, try, I get the premium. He he has like two hour songs. Um, try this classical composer. He has like two hour songs. And so I just started listening to like Mm. two hour things Mm. to, you know, get me to the next smoke break, you know, this at a low level in the background because my job, my job is really, um, a lot of it is really tedious mm. and oh yeah i believe you super tedious and um oh. so i gotta have this like it's like noise without huh. um it being kind of evasive yeah to my yeah thoughts. no yeah so i started listening to classical doing that and it, it works well with my yeah. eight hour shift yeah and I work, and now i work alone no, I bet. in an yeah. office like ac- across town from the main office and I'm just in a room by myself for the entire eight hours, except for Friday, someone comes and visits me. For sure. So I can listen to as much music as I want, as loud as I want, all day long. Mm. <laughs> Why? Mm. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm so. I was gonna ask, right like, now. do you, you guys get turns changing the like, music ah, at your bookstore? I wish I could do that. No, because I love. I would love to listen to music all day as I work. Like we have, we have music at Kramer's where I work at, where I'm at a bookstore. But like, I want to have my headphones. That's cool. I mean? And I want to be able to choose the music. Um, Expanding your horizons. We just have like a set playlist. No, I'm but fascinated with the paralegal honest, thing with Noah. Honest, like, how did you get into that? Like, how do you go from writer to, I'm, not that you're not still writer, but how do you delve into that? Is, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about um, that. Well, like, I thought I had I got a taste, political science degree the in Ohio. Maybe. And um, um, so I have a bachelor's of poli sci. Yes. And oh, then I went to Korea and I ended up in Las Vegas. And I, um, it was very hard for me to find a job. And, um, so when I turned 35, I was like, fuck, I gotta do something, man. And I was like, nice. I need to make, I need to make money right now. What is the, cool. what is the Ackman's razor of how to make money? Yeah. So I went to the community college website, clicked all associate mm. programs button. And I just went, 
All right, I'm doing that one. Um, yeah, I'm going to yeah, make some money. Sure. <laughs> I was Do like, you think you would ever like take the step up to lawyer or no? <laughs> Um, right. no, those are, why would it, no, I wouldn't do that. I don't yeah. think no. I'm smart enough to do that anyway. It's like, oh no, you yeah. definitely are. I have two siblings who are lawyers. You're definitely smart <laughs> enough. Oh no, yeah, I just mean I like, it's not like yeah. they listen to it. No, I never, I never, <laughs> I think so. No, I don't want to do that. Shout outs to law firms. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's move on. Uh, Noah, I've noticed you, we've t- we're talking about classical music, of course. I've noticed you're a big fan of Chopin and Bach, both classical composers and both incredible in their own right. How'd you get into both of their music? Uh, oh, well, I guess you told us about, um, with your friend. But uh, I guess what I'm trying to see is like, do you? I want to. I want to see. Do you listen to Chopin wait, or Bach? Wait, I can answer the initial first, first drafts or free so writing for you. I met this woman who was Mina, process? and she. I, I guess she I got me in the box. Then I, I went on question. this OK Cupid date. Do you? Do you listen to more like three years ago? And it was with this like Chinese woman. She was like from China, and she was a classical pianist. And um, she, cool. not like professionally, like she went to school for yeah. it, but now in America, mm-hmm. she like does something else. And um, awesome. she got me really into Chopin and like specific piano players. Yeah. And she has like a grand piano in her house and um, mm-hmm. she'll just sit mm-hmm. there and like play and you can just like listen to her. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. Yeah. But, yeah. But, for sure. Yeah. She has like a, yeah. it's like a mini grand and then she mm-hmm. has a stand up and then she, she just like tries That's to awesome. get as many pianos as she can. Um, yeah, she just like. Does, loves does she have a side way? Yeah, yeah. She's she's really weird, and she plays. And um, then yeah, we, she makes me. That's, that's she'll awesome, like put though. on, um, say, get the Chopin's polonaise, and she'll go through like each. Yeah. She'll keep playing different ones for me while we sit on the couch, and then tell me nice. which. What are they doing? Why are they that's doing amazing. it? How big their hands are? Yeah. How much pressure you have to put on? <laughs> like, and she'll just like that's ramble cool. like yeah. that, and I'll just like listen. Um, so your question is in the revision okay. process. I don't really revise very much. I just, I don't mm-hmm. really, um, the, the thing where the writer, huh. the professional writer, like writes this huge draft and keeps going huh. through it over and over and over again. Yeah. I've never had a talent for, like, I never knew what to do only with the go to workbook. Mm-hmm. Um, this, mm-hmm. I had like an agent mm-hmm. and he made me add things. And then after the agent left, they gave mm-hmm. the book to Cameron Pierce, the lazy fascist, mm-hmm. and he made me subtract things and change mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So I had to do all kinds of things yeah. for that book and function at some high capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the only time I okay. ever did that. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, they wanted things added and subtracted. Yeah. I'm not very good at I don't know what should be added or subtracted. I'm just not. I I think there are people who enjoy it. It seems when you work with those two, uh, two separate and people, so it seems like that changes your thing. process, right? 
That's what I'm gathering. I mean, it's like, like the editor's like the job, you know? They're the kill your yeah. darlings people. Because, um, like, most people don't want to see what's wrong or flawed in their book. Not saying that it's wrong, but you know what I'm saying. Some places can be slimmed down. That's their job. I'm sorry. I'm the only editor in the room here. <laughs> I do this. But go on. Oh no, I'm, I'm the pod, I'm the podcast editor too. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> fake, fake, fake news. Just uh. Oh, let's go back <laughs> into politics then, Jesus. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Noah, I was looking over to YouTube videos that you sent to Mallory, and I noticed that at least three of the videos featured musicians playing string instruments. Uh, I don't want to presume that they're violins or violas. I'm not that knowledgeable on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely know they're not cellos, but would you say you have a particular... That's funny. <laughs> would you say you have a particular fondness for music with string, string instruments? Um, maybe just something, a memory, or just something that's, like, present right now? Or? What do you mean? You mean as opposed to, like, brass or woodwind? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I meant. Um, I don't know. I didn't grow up with those instruments. Those are, like, outside my mm. culture context. And, um... Mm. I grew up in a small town and tubas and saxophones were like not a thing. Mm. And I, I've never really known any of those types of people who played those types of instruments. Yeah. So they've always been outside. I don't really even like, like I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I authentically like the sound of a saxophone. Like I kind of enjoy oh, it a yeah. little bit, but um, yeah. I like when in a Bruce Springsteen song, where randomly the saxophone will come in but like i i don't get it like i don't get it it doesn't happen inside of me when i hear a saxophone yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for sure i feel like bruce springsteen is such a midwest thing (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i just associate him with that he's not even from the midwest but no no. he's from jersey right but it's just like a sound everybody i know here yeah (laughs) i feel like you guys have more refined music taste no i I love i love bruce springsteen i like a few songs i like bob seger i don't know him enough oh i know that yeah bob seger that's what i was gonna actually ask is like how does your music taste different um, differ from when you're writing to just who you are? Like, what's your favorite genre? What do you mean who I am? Like, when you're not writing. When I'm not writing? Um, yeah, like, what do you just jam to? Last night when we were in the bar, we played a lot of 90s music, like those one, 90s nice. one-hit wonders on the jukebox. That was really talking like the summer hits, like uh, Sunday Charm, kind of life. Yeah, Yeah, those types of one hit wonders, two hit wonders from the 90s. Boys of Summer, or like, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's a remake, actually. Oh, that's a remake. Cover, whatever. Yeah. Um, Rendition. But I listen to that. If I'm in a bar and I'm drinking, I have like a whole set. Like, I can listen Mm -hmm. to Van Halen really easily or ACDC when I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can listen to a lot of rock music. Like I, I mean, when I grew up, I had every single Led Zeppelin album. You know, um, I have those first five Metallica CDs in my car, ready to go at all times. And um, yeah, things like that. Van Halen, Metallica, 
those types of wild bands still all string instruments and guitars and fancy guitar <clears throat> playing and okay how do you feel and, about like what metallica did to napster wait what that was they like, actually sued them like 20 years ago no, i don't know how old we are <laughs> it was a while yeah. ago yeah I don't know. They kind of refuse to get with the times, like the streaming and everything. I've been to a Metallica show once. They're pretty cool. I've never seen it. I've never seen one. Do you you like it? Are you a big fan? Oh, yeah. Not a big fan. My brother was, so I just went with him. Who's Metallica? (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop. (laughs) What's the last concert you've been to, Noah? It's an emo band. Um, their CD was mm. something to write home about. Was their famous CD? Um, mm. <sighs> I don't know. I have to Google it. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. Do you guys no, do you remember this we're band? We're all out of it today. What Mm-mm. is what is this band called? Uh, something. What was your last do concert? You know where they're from? Do you, you tell me what your last? Oh, it's Get Up Kids. Oh, Get Up, uh, I know them. I've heard of them? I do. Yeah. Get up kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool name. My last concert was Bikini Kill. Yeah. No, I definitely know them. How about you, Andy? uh, My last, it wasn't a concert. It was a DJ set at this dive bar in Northeast DC. And like, it was, it's it's just like a really dark, dark club dive bar and like this tech, loud techno and, (laughs) <laughs> that, that Chicago, that Chicago house, deep house. So you were <laughs> totally in a different to. scene I, than I'm in. I I totally don't remember the DJ, but it was it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember fun. Bikini Kill that much. So hey, uh, uh, solidarity for amnesia, yeah. <laughs> alcohol and weed. Oh um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Noah. Yes. I know that you're really into Sierra Farrell. Am I saying that name right? Sierra Farrell. I believe I think. so. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't want to be too presumptuous, but I saw you listed two of her YouTube videos in the email. So you, you must, you must have like, you know, you must really dig her music then, I think. Um, so after that detective work, I wanted to ask you, what do you, th- what do you like most about her music? And would you define it as acoustic folk? Maybe not to categorize, but. Um, also, second question, does her music make your senses fit a certain rhythm or cadence when you write, or does it not, or is it just music to listen to, uh, as background? Oh, um, no, I really, really love her. Like she is so awesome. Nice. To me. Um, awesome. I've heard people mm. call the music high lonesome. Um, I love someone was like a style of singing in the fifties and sixties and country music mm. that like went away for like 40 years. And mm. there are, there is a lot more Sarah Farrell's like they started coming out like 10 years ago and it slowly just started creeping mm. up where, uh, people were singing like that. Um, it's just a certain style mm. of singing. Cause I, li- I really love mm. George Jones and, um, that 50s, 60s country music. And so mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of that. And um, But it's mm-hmm. like new. It's like a new version of it, like with face tattoos. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I really like that. Like a new spin on it. Yeah, and it's definitely like, 
it's a new thing. It's its own thing. It's not like, I don't think it's like an anachronism. Um, yeah, I think it's actually very different from what they were doing, but like close and they're doing it, but they're doing the same thing, but they're doing it differently enough that it's a new thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason for music like that. There's no reason for a style of music to go away. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. It just transforms, it, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. That's the way they go. Yeah, but they, it it was like that kind of singing was gone um, for thirty, yeah. forty years. But you can hear that when you uh, listen to a lot of you know '50s, '60s country, where the woman sounds like she's crying yeah. while she's yeah. singing. Like you, it's a. It's like yeah. I don't have a music theory degree, but it's like a certain sound, something they're doing with their throat that makes it sound like yeah. they're kind of crying the whole time they're singing. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of just disappeared mm-hmm. from the world, but people can still do it. You know, it's not like people couldn't do it. They just stopped yeah. doing it because it didn't make any money. Yeah. It's like excavating old things and like making them new again, not necessarily new again, but like just reinventing it, even though it's already there. It's been old, I guess. Yeah, I would say repurposing it. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, but it's not like where I grew up in Ohio and I'm sure in Chicago, uh, you probably have this where you have these like, anachronistic polka bands um, yes where Definitely. they're just like trying to replicate as much as yeah. possible the sound of like i don't know polish people from god knows when huh. and they're playing we have a huge polish population here so yeah yeah it's cool yeah you would go to a festival or a park in the summer in ohio and there would be just these like four five sixty year old people playing polka music in yeah. a park and then the old people would be on those lawn chairs that you buy from, like, I don't know, Walmart. <laughs> Is this the Chicago thing, too? Yeah, we have, uh, they have, like, Blues Festival, Polka Festival, just all sorts of, like, I think they even have, like, a Swedish fest mm-hmm. where they all play the random music and everybody just kind of hangs around in Grant Park. Yeah, so. so I, it's like, pretty normal. We're a f- city built on festivals. I really view like um, someone someone told me right before I wrote Las Vegas Bootlegger. She was like, pretty much if a white guy writes a book, it's an anachronism. And she mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I could have thought badly of it, you know. Like I, you have an instantaneous like, oh my god, what are you saying? Why would you say that? You know, you could do that, and then you could be like, be really weird and vote for Trump or something and get angry. But I was like, with Las Vegas Bootlegger, I went, I tried to go in deep mm-hmm. into the anachronism, like mm-hmm. Sarah Farrell. Like Sarah Farrell actually helped me awesome. understand because for a white person living in America, mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle said something like, a white person can look to the past and get a sense of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. That's why they like baseball. Yeah. That's why they like rock and roll. That's why, and he like made a mm-hmm. list of things. Yeah. But he said it's hard for a black yeah. person to look into the past and get the same sense of enjoyment. So that's why we're always trying yeah. to do new innovative things because we're trying to move into the future because looking in the past can sense. become painful yeah. for us. And yeah. so regardless of how I want to help do it or not, I'm still white and yeah. I can still look into my mm. own past as a white person in America and mm. get an sense of enjoyment out of it. But how do I get a sense yeah. of enjoyment out of it without being a dick about it? 
Huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So And I appreciate you saying that. That's real. Yeah. That's real as fuck. Yeah. So that. when I wrote the book, I thought of like what are my favorite things, you know, about American culture mm-hmm. as myself as a white person. And I'm like, oh boot Burt Reynolds is a bootlegger movies mm. and like you know smoking in the yeah. bandit and guys with cars and desert driving and i'm like those are really safe warm things you know there's nothing wrong with that yeah. and yeah. so like my metaphor kind of to deal with this century is there's nothing wrong with the game of soccer but you can make it wrong with capitalism and commercialism you can make you yeah. can you can or football and you can go to a city and you can convince the city to build a giant fucking stadium and wreck its economy yeah. and suck money out of it for three decades. Or but the game of the sports that are being played inside that stadium, there's nothing ethically wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you always try to find like when you're looking into the past, where what is what is the stadium what is this what is the game that's wholesome and what is the thing that makes it evil? And try to like parse yeah. them out. When you look into yeah. it, is that make sense? Would you say that's like kind of like yin or yang and like half glass, like a double edged sword kind of? What do you mean? As a, an analogy? Like, like you're saying like these are good things and bad, bad things, right? You can make a good. I'm just, I, I guess I'm, yeah. You can yeah. make a good thing bad. Yeah, that's exactly but what don't, I'm saying. But exactly. one of the problems of this century is that we have a, a problem with conflation. Mm-hmm. Is that mm. we conflate yeah. what we see. So we see the sport football and it's surrounded by all kinds of bad things. You know, all this commercialism sure. and going yeah. into cities and building giant stadiums and doing all these things. And um, but you could then you conflate football or soccer or whatever singer sings mm-hmm. in that stadium with those bad things. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get that. So now. you, you, it's like, it's like you're grouping it together. You're grouping it together you know I mean? when yeah. these are actually mutually exclusive entities and rea- like things in reality. They're not the same yeah. thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So when viewing my own anachronism, um, mm. that my, that I'm, I'm yeah. always as a white person kind of left over from the 20th century. I have mm. to like go through myself and figure out what is the what is yeah. what is the wholesome, what is the thing that is okay, yeah. and what is the thing that's actually like my mother saying the n word in the kitchen. You huh. know, like what's <laughs> what? It's like it's like you're doing like an interrogation of it, kind of like an investigation of it, I guess. Well, yeah, you yeah. should you should always you should yeah, sometimes yeah. take you should take time out of your day to investigate yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're very interesting. No, definitely. Everybody is very interesting, so I, I don't see why wouldn't you undo it. Mm. No, for sure. No, I appreciate you saying these. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have these problems, M- Mallory? Uh not as much. I mean, I definitely like to look backwards and everything, consider those things. Obviously, I have a very similar background as you do. I mean, you from Ohio, me from Illinois, and yeah, I, I definitely get that vibe. Um, where do you find that in your book? Like, do you do that anywhere? What do you mean? Like, is that like kind of felt anywhere? I don't know. I just feel like the whole book is that, um, Mm. this kind of feeling about, I guess really the thing where he becomes, he's not like a real bootlegger of alcohol or guns, but he comes this specific kind of thing. And, and there's, um, 
in this specific genre of 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 white Mm. culture is this idea of the fast car and this guy that gets in it with like cool clothes on and like drives around and um that kind of that kind of cultural element like there's i don't think there's anything wrong with a a dude Mm. getting in a fast car like i i really find it beautiful like i love seeing people in fast cars i love fast cars i love I think culture. yeah, there's like an aesthetic to it, for but sure. there's not. I don't think there's anything inherently evil about it or anything. Yeah, it's just an object at the end of the day, or like the act of it. I guess I don't know. So um, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just saying, like you were saying, like getting in the fast car. Like there's this whole like I don't know, like like a tone of it. I guess like a mood of it. Like you see someone go into a fast car, it's kind of like okay, like. You know, they got they got some change in their pocket, and like they're doing well in life. I don't know, and there's like a riskiness of, of it. Maybe. See, you just put the thing. You, I guess it's kind of you conflated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. I, I, no, no, I'm on my second cup of coffee. <laughs> I, I need my third cup. You conflated. So that's my cat. Yeah, I, did, I, did, I did. I did. At the end of the day, it's just an object, right? It's just a car. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you did. Yeah. <laughs> See, like you, you, yeah, you. Um, you, yeah, you went with it. Yeah. You brought in like they only have money and they're doing okay with like in life and everything. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. No, I I'm guilty of that, and I yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Noah, I want to thank you for joining us for the podcast for me and Mallory's podcast, Sexual Healing. Uh, we would love for you to read something. Oh, okay, okay. Here I go. Thank you so much. Um, like I'm, this is this has been amazing. Yeah. yeah, we're very psyched. Thank you. So they told me to read something about music. Nate did. Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. awesome. The guy uh, Ryan finds out that he uh, gets a settle. So to talk mm-hmm. about it for a second. Like, um, so Ryan's a lawyer and he works at the biggest law firm in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. he works on the lawsuit that is against MGM for the shooting where they shot 52 people. Mm -hmm. And this is a real Mm -hmm. thing that they really, there's a law firm and they won $700 million and the law firm gets 40% of that $700 million. And a Mm -hmm. lawyer gets a person, the lawyers working on the case, get a percentage like 1% or 2% of that earnings. Mm -hmm. And then they take that money and they put into a structured account. And that structured account gains interest, and that's how a lawyer—that's how oh. a lawyer lives. A lawyer doesn't have paychecks. A, a, a good, a really prosperous lawyer—they oh. never have a paycheck. Like some, maybe they'll have like the sixty thousand dollars a year salary or something, yeah, but their yeah. money that they have is a structured settlement. Mm. So even when you go see judges, most of the judges mm. are living off <clears throat> these previous structured settlements from earlier in their career. So the judge is making one hundred and ten thousand dollars, or eighty thousand, or ninety thousand from your local state government, but the but the judge actually has this interest that is accrued that gives him like four hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. This or three hundred or wow. four. Does, does, does you guys know about this? It's like a thing. Or yeah, all no, I did. You're making me want to become a lawyer now, though. I said like, half seriously. my family are lawyers, so yeah. It's not. I I'm, I'm talking to Mallory. Then <laughs> I need the money. It's <laughs> not every lawyer. Not every like an immigration attorney oh, okay. doesn't have that. 
gotcha. I know lawyers that don't want to work more than 42 hours a week and they just like, they don't ever give a shit about doing any of those things. You, you have to, you, you need to go to work yeah. for like 10 or 12 hours for, you need to do stuff and you need to stress mm-hmm. yourself out and cry in your car and everything. I, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Does your family, are they, Mallory, did they have, are there some of them lawyers or stressed out people? Um, they're very type A personality. They don't really like to show Mm. me their feelings, so I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to try to read and be a person here. So Ryan felt a sense of relief reading the number 12,546.67. He felt secure like his life could never fall apart. He would always have money. He had made it in life. He would be forever a serious man just like his father and his father's friends. He was a winner in this world. He had conquered. He had proven that he was a champion of public life. He was not worthless. People had found his worth and paid him handsomely for it. He was victorious and no one could take that away from him. The adults had cherished his company and all the hard work was not for nothing. He had an income for the rest of his life. If we wanted to stop working today, he could. Nothing could stop him from walking out of the office and never returning. Then it had occurred to him, I could go home. Up to that point in life, he was supposed to be dreaming of being a partner, his own billboard, possibly being a judge. He was still young. He could become a district court judge and then move on to appellate. He could become a real name in the pantheon of Las Vegas judicial history. He would have ex-law clerks that told stories about him and his quirky ways long after he died. There would be a picture of him in the Regional Justice Center, Clark County Courthouse, in downtown Las Vegas, for as long as Las Vegas lasted on this earth. He felt conflicted for this first time in his life. This was a new feeling for him. He usually and predictably had the mood of total control. He always knew where his destiny lay what behaviors he should perform to attain that destiny. Ryan sat in his chair not working for about 20 minutes, just staring out the window with his hand under his chin. If anyone looked into his office, they would have thought he was contemplating what to write next in emotion. No one would have expected he was thinking. Ryan realized as he wanted to get bottled water and took, to the, took a walk to the kitchen area. A small area with a sink, refrigerator, microwave, and coffee maker. On the way there, he heard a noise coming from a small windowless office. A paralegal named Theo was listening to music in his office. Theo had bought special speakers and often listened to music loudly in his office. Theo would play classical music during the day. Bach, Mozart, Chopin, and Mendelssohn, and sometimes he played folk-style music. Ryan never listened to music while working. His office was always deathly silent. Ryan had never considered music. It seemed useless to him. His parents never gave him any love for listening to music. People at various times in life asked him what his favorite song was, and he never had a good answer. Eventually, they would give up and move on to other subjects. As he walked through the hallway... He heard music coming from Theo's office, and he didn't understand what was happening. He felt something. This new feeling was difficult. It was shocking. 
he had to investigate. He was a lawyer and Theo was a paralegal. He could walk into his office and take up his time. He didn't need to ask. Ryan went into Theo's windowless office. What is that? Theo looked up confused. Why is this lawyer in my office? What does he want? And it is freaking Ryan, that tasteless bastard. It is railroad ghosts. They're like a folk band. <clears throat> Ryan, is it a video? May I watch it with you? Theo, this dude is so weird. It creeps me out. Okay, no problem. Have a seat. Ryan sat down. Theo started the video at the beginning. It was railroad ghosts. A month from now, whatever you like. Ryan says, they look homeless. Are they okay? And Theo says, yeah, they are crusties. And Ryan says, what is a crusty? And they are people that ride trains and hitchhike. They play field music with, with any instruments they can find. They have really dirty fingernails and it doesn't seem like they get haircuts promptly. Theo thinks this dude is out of his mind. They don't care. Ryan, aren't they worried? Worried about what? They're beautiful. What is there to worry about? Ryan, he arched closer to the screen. He let him see these musicians as beautiful. Theo, they're beautiful. I see it. Play it again. Theo, why? Why? Wow, what is happening with this dude? This is interesting. I hope this self-important bitch has a fucking mental breakdown. <clears throat> Ryan, what are they saying? I mean, not words, but I feel like it's saying something. Like these strange, dirty people are trying to tell me something. Theo, they are telling you to let go. Ryan, let go of what? And Theo says, everything that isn't real. What isn't real? Theo, I'm not a therapist or a Zen master, Mr. Neroni. Ryan, at four minutes and three seconds, she makes a noise. What's that? Theo played a specific section several times. Ryan, she looks like shit, but she is so beautiful. A person can be beautiful and still look like shit. Theo did not know how to respond. Ryan, please stop. Whatever work you are doing, unless it's a denline sensitive, and send me a list of bands via email that are similar to Railroad Ghost. And Theo says, okay. So I think I like yeah, that. That was there. really great. Thanks. Do you want to plug the book at all? When does it come out? Um, I think it'll be able to be purchased mm -hmm. in December. Um, Nate will tell everybody on Facebook and Twitter. Um, it's called Las Vegas Bootlegger Empire of Self-Importance. So I hope people buy it. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, Everybody so definitely Noah. read thank Noah's you. work. All of it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you so much. Like, for this having was a little treat. Like, seriously. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. That was just an episode with me and Andy Tran interviewing Noah Cicero, one of my favorite writers, poets, boy prince of the alt-lit movement that no longer exists. If you would like to hear more about the alt-lit movement and genre, please take a chance to check out our next episode with Zach Smith and Giacomo Pope, back by popular demand. If you want to subscribe to us, go on to our Twitter, Twitter account, at Pod Healing, or check out our website, textualpodcast.com. 
We have so many other great guests coming up. Taylor Johnson, Kevin Bigley. These are things you won't want to miss. This is Mallory checking out. Have a good one.